That old black magic has me in its spell That old black magic that you weave so well I see fingers up and down my spine Same old witchcraft when your eyes meet mine Welcome, wizards and muggles alike, all houses, uh, Hufflepuffs particularly. And Ravenclaws. And, and Ravenclaws. I am Dan Rhino. Jessica Rhino. We are the hosts of, uh, what is it called, Broomsticks and Butterbeer. That's what, that's what we're calling it. Although we don't have any butterbeer. We have some fire whiskey, though. In honor, you're telling me that's from the books? Yes. Okay. Uh, so a little background on, on, well, first of all, a little background on us. Uh, Jessica and I have been, uh, I won't say happily married, but happily. We've, we've been married for 14 years. Happy on my side, she just kind of puts up with me. Whatever. But um, I do a lot of uh, subpar podcasting for other realms, and uh, I've been trying to get Jessica into the podcasting uh, universe for a while and the only way that I could bring her in is if it was book related and uh, specifically if it was Harry Potter related. Does that sound pretty pretty Pre- correct? Pretty accurate. And uh, I am actually a librarian although my wife is the one who actually likes books. So <laughs> what kind of books are you into? Uh, YA fantasy mostly. And YA for, for those of you in the non-book world stands for? Young adult. Young adult. Got it. And what what uh, type of books uh, that people would be most familiar with fall into like the YA? Um, when I think of YA, I think the first thing that pops into my mind is like Hunger Games. Yeah, Hunger Games. But and that's Twilight kind of kicked it off. Right. But that kind that and when when that actually became like the multi billion dollar movie franchise, uh, all of a sudden all these other books started getting fast tracked into movies with mixed results. We yeah, would say definitely. Um, you were actually talking about that the other day. I think you were talking with my dad about the Maze Runner, yes, or something like that. And and you and did you enjoy those books? I hated them. You hated the books. Hated them. Oh, I see. I thought you liked the books, but you hated the movies. No, I I saw that the books were popular and doing well, so I was intrigued. You know, if it was getting this mass popularity, maybe there was something to it. So I tried to read the first one, and I just couldn't get into it. It was, it was just too hard to get into. Mm-hmm. Then I saw the the movies were coming out, and the trailer looked interesting. So I was like, oh, I'm going to give this a go, another go. Couldn't get into it. Then finally I went and saw the movie, and after I was like, oh, I kind of understand what's going on now. Mm-hmm. I read the book, the whole book. But I did not care at all. Yeah. Like, I didn't even care. There were this these characters and he was trying to make this decision and I'm like I don't care just pick one just pick pick one because I just don't care I just wanted to get to the end to figure out what the heck was going on why they were in this maze why they were running so why much. they were running so much <laughs> why they didn't have a clue who they are I think that's the biggest problem if the character they like wipe their memories at the very beginning they yeah. don't know who they are yeah. if if the character doesn't know who they are how are you supposed to care about them it was just it was not good I don't know how it got a movie but you did. You saw the movie before you read the books. Yes, on that particular case, yes. I, I tried you. to read the books before the you. movie, but I just couldn't do couldn't it. Couldn't get into it. 
Uh, I actually, uh, a teacher friend of mine told me about the Hunger Games, and they were she was talking about, you know, it's it's these kids that are like, you know, the this dystopian future, and they're like have to do these like gladiator battles, and I'm like, that sounds awesome. And I like read the first book, and then I found out a movie was coming out because of it, and I drug you to the movie. I wouldn't say I drug you. You'll go to any movie as long as there's popcorn. Yes. And Icy's. This, this is a fact. Involved. You'll go see you know anything. As long as there's popcorn and well, ices. You gave me that same synopsis. Yeah. And I did not think it sounded awesome. Yeah. I was picturing the gladiators on TV with kids, and I'm just like, why? I didn't understand why yeah. we were doing this. Yeah, we like we, like the guys climbing up the mount the fake mountain in their underwear. This is what I was picturing. Yeah. Like gladiators from TV. Sexy stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> no. So I didn't really understand what you were so excited about until but, I got there, and it was that what was I awesome. was picturing was not what happened. And, and then you read the books afterwards, yes. right? But most of the time, would you say you're a book first, movie second kind of person? Yes. Okay. Some examples of that? Uh, Divergent. I okay. read the Divergent series before the movie. Um, the third book was not out yet before the movies started mm-hmm. coming out, so I didn't like finish the whole series before the books. Mm-hmm. And you, you even have a shirt that says the the book was better or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you generally feel that that way? Yeah, there's just so much you can't fit into a movie mm-hmm. that even we'll we'll figure out when we're reading the Harry Potter stuff. Mm-hmm. There's so much more to it. There are characters that get completely left out sure. because there's not time for it in a two-hour movie. Sure, yeah. I mean, even if you, you know, split up a book into two movies. Which is not always a good idea. No. It's a, it's been a money grab, really. Um, you know, the last few years, they realized they can get twice as many people, um, you know, make twice as much money, basically. Um, and the profit that you make on, you know, it's a big investment, money-wise investment, but the profit that you make is still significant enough to make it worthwhile. Uh, splitting up a book into two movies or even something like The Hobbit is split up into three movies, which is just ridiculous. Not always. They never made the second half of the third Divergent book. They just quit. Yeah. Because it didn't make the money. Yeah. But they really went kind of off the books. But I didn't like the third book anyway. Anyway, so I think they started, they sold the rights to that series and started making movies before the series was even done, mm-hmm. and the ending of the series was not great. And I'm not just talking about the ending, for those of you who have read it, the whole book was not great. Send your hate mail to... Yeah. <laughs> she's at, at Jess Rhino on Twitter. <laughs> you can send your hate tweets to, to Jessica. Not just talking about the last... <laughs> Two chapters. Everybody knows what I'm talking about who've read the series. I'm talking about the whole book in general was not good. I got you. Uh, so this is going to be a little bit different, the setup of, of this podcast, because uh, you watched the movies first before you read the books to this? Yes. Okay. And I have only watched the movies. I have never read the books. This is my first time through, so... Um, you're rereading them again just to like refamiliarize yourself and for those of you listening we're going to go chapter by chapter so each podcast this first one's going to be a little bit longer because it's kind of a you know getting to know you kind of thing uh, but 
we're going to go chapter by chapter. We're going to do one uh, a podcast for each chapter, probably about 20 or 30 minutes, and just talk about what's happening in the chapter, talk about the characters that show up, uh, talk, it, talk about some of the, uh, the high points that we see in the book, and we might even get into some you know, movie versus book comparisons, I think would be kind of interesting, especially that you've seen the movies multiple times. Yes. Right? I, I think I've only seen them all the way through. I mean, I catch them on TV from time to time. Bits and pieces. Yeah, but I think I've only seen them, you know, start to finish once. So I, I'm, I was telling you before we started recording that I'm kind of going to kind of be the play-by-play guy, and you're going to be more the color commentary. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I want you to go deep. I want you to drill down and 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 go deep into uh, you know what's going on here. If there's some things that I'm just you know kind of skimming the surface on, I want you to jump in and uh, and fill in those gaps. So I think it'll be fun. And I finally got you podcasting, and you finally got me reading Harry Potter. So everybody's happy. Win win. Uh, so chapter one of the first book, uh, originally Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Yes. And the United States version. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, or was that just a movie thing? No, it's the book thing. Okay, they so didn't it, think us Americans would like well, the Philosopher's Stone. Yeah, we're not. We're we not. We wouldn't that, understand it. Yeah, we're not that smart. No. So we I mean, would have thought philosopher is in like philosophy, you know, not as in magic. We don't associate. I don't want to read. I don't. I don't want to read them big words. Yeah. But I remember the Sorcerer's Apprentice from yep. Fantasia, the worst Disney movie of all time. <laughs> Send your hate tweets to at Dan Rhino, D-A-N-R-Y-N-O. Sorcerers are much more interesting yeah. to Americans than I think philosophers. So too. Yeah, and I think that philosopher, you don't necessarily get the sense that there's magic involved. No. Um, but I think sorcerer, you're like, oh, you know, I remember Mickey with the hat making them brooms dance. So you know, I I, I know it's uh, there's going to be some magic going on here. So, uh, chapter one of Harry Potter on, and the Sorcerer's Stone is called The Boy Who Lived. And uh, we start off by meeting uh, Mr. and Mrs. Dursley. And Mr. Dursley is uh, described as like a large, mustachioed gentleman. And, uh, Mrs. and Mrs. Dursley has a giraffe neck, apparently. Yes. Because she's always like uh, craning over the... Sticking in other people's business. Yeah, just get out of other people's business, Ms. Dursley. I mean, she's, she's kind of a... a you know, busybody. It seems she she's big on the gossip. Well, you know, she I wants think it. she was a stay-at-home mom. What else has she got to do? I've seen Desperate Housewives. This is it's, not it's, Desperate Housewives. It's just like that's what that's what Desperate Housewives do in their home, man. They just get in other people's business and they gossip and they, you know, um, you know, talk behind people's backs and stuff like that. So we don't know if her her neck is just normally giraffe-like. Or if after years of craning over, and I'm, I know you can't see on a podcast, but I'm craning my neck right now, which is great for radio. Great. <laughs> yeah, action, uh, physical actions are great for radio, I found over the years. Um, but Mrs. Dursley is actually Harry's aunt. Yes. That, so her sister is Harry's mom. Lily. Lily, mm-hmm. who becomes uh, uh, Lily Potter. She marries James Potter. Uh and they have a, a little jerk of a kid named Dudley, who, um, after years of working in education, I can I can tell you that this is a prime example of a kid who uh, is probably a little monster, but the mom sees them as somebody who can do no wrong. Yes. My my kid has a little halo over his head. He he does nothing wrong. Everything he does is adorable. Right. 
even when he's kicking her in and the shins. Throwing things, <laughs> his food. Because he wants candy or something like that. Uh, you find out later in the chapter that uh, we, they, we, we don't see him, but we hear about him kicking his mom in the shins all the way down the street because he wants candy, which is just, it sounds like an awful, awful child. Sounds like a demon child. I wouldn't want to watch him. No. Uh, but uh, Harry's mom and, and uh, his aunt, Mrs. Dursley, have, have been disenchanted, disconnected. They've kind of lost uh, touch with each other. And uh, what's the reason behind that? Well, Petunia doesn't like... We find out later, way Is that later. Mrs. Dursley? Yeah, Petunia. Okay, I don't know if it said that in the first chapter. It does. It did? All right, I was probably... I was too busy taking copious notes to, <laughs> to, to get to bother with names. We find out much, much, much later in the series that she's very jealous of her sister uh-huh. and her sister being a witch and getting to go to Hogwarts and her their parents fussing and fawning over mm-hmm. her. They were so proud to have a witch in the family. Yeah. So Mrs. Dursley is is aware of uh, Lily's wizarding exploits. Yes. And uh, doesn't want to be. Uh, we basically in this chapter we we don't know why. Uh, you know, we don't know that it's a jealousy thing. You could probably kind of infer that um, just by, you know, sisterly strife, uh, you know, between uh, sisters, between any kind of siblings, really. But all we know is that she wants to keep the magic stuff as far away from yeah. her family yeah, as she, possible. She turns her jealousy into just like pure denial and mm-hmm. distance. She wants nothing to do with her sister or anything like that. And she wants to have this perfect, normal life. And, and just pretend her sister doesn't exist. And Mr. Dursley is aware of, of all this, too. It's not like she's hiding it from no, him. he knows. Yeah, he knows that she, uh, my wife's got this crazy sister. She's in all this magic stuff. And um, they don't have anything to do with it. I think you said when I, while I was reading, because um, I was talking about how Mr. Dursley is just so freaked out by it. The people that we'll talk about it in a second. He just he sees people walking down the streets wearing cloaks, <laughs> and he it just makes him angry. It just makes him angry. Which I think would that. be fabulous. Yeah, you would love that. You you would you wish that cloaks were socially acceptable. Yes. Uh, you said that for years, yes. actually. Like literally, you <laughs> have said that for years. Uh, but he, uh, Mr. Dursley, gets angry when he sees this. You know, it's almost like like if I see somebody with like a, you know, uh, with a. a ring through their nose and a mohawk and uh, you know earrings or and tattoos all over their body and I just because they're different from me I it, it makes me mad you know you might not like that style but it shouldn't make you angry but <laughs> but the reason you said is that they are what, what was it you say they they want to be as as or as, as plain as possible yes, or, or as something normal plain ordinary yeah as possible and anything that's away from the status quo is not just weird, but it's, you know, induces anger, apparently. And I don't know if Petunia picked him or fell in love with him because of his... Plainness. Plainness yeah. and his strictly, uh-huh. strict desire to be plainness, yeah. or if she kind of made, forced him into this. Yeah, I don't know point. which came first. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, even once... He was kind of trying to broach the subject with her. He knew this was not going to go well, yeah. but well, he was like, "I need to, I need to say something." To I her. was a lot less feminine before I met you, and now I'm, you know, 
do arts and crafts. I, I shop I shop at Michael's all the time. I'm not sure that's true. Well, I put on a facade that I was more manly <laughs> than I really was, and now I just don't hide no, it. No, you don't bother. No, yeah. I don't bother. It's not it's not even worth it. Uh, but so so these owls start showing up, and owls are nocturnal creatures. But now they're just just all over the place. They're just like flying, you know, all over. Uh, uh, we we see two fly over when Mrs. Dursley or Mr. Dursley's leaving the house to go to work. Uh, apparently, they're just gallivanting all over town. These owls, dozens of owls, all over the place, and it actually makes the news uh, too. So uh, the the people in the non-wizarding world who aren't aware that there's this whole magical world around them uh, are is just seeing it as kind of a phenomenon of these you know owls uh, that coming out during the day. And uh, <laughs> Mr. Dursley sees a cat that's uh, reading a map. Of course. And um, you know he probably thinks that you know maybe uh, uh, he's having mental issues maybe or maybe he uh, uh, smoked a little bit too much of that gillyweed or no no he wouldn't do that he wouldn't do that oh, cool. too he's, plain he's, ordinary. he's play, too plain and ordinary he actually wonders if he's imagining it and then gets mad at himself because he doesn't believe in imagination ah yes imagination is, is too uh, uh, outside of uh, normal yes plain and, plain ordinary. and normal for him um but we've got, uh, then, then he's driving to work and he starts seeing these people in cloaks. Just, uh, and, and his first thought is that it's, you know, all these, you know, youngsters wearing their, you know, stupid, you know, outfits trying to be different. Probably, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, some people view like the goth, uh, you know, culture and, and, and dress. And, but then uh, later on he starts seeing older people wearing cloaks too. And he makes even more angry because... <laughs> You know, in his thought that the weird, there is no age limit to being a weirdo, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, I talked about the the news report, and and that comes up later in a conversation between a couple of our characters, because you know the world is not aware, the majority of the world is not aware that there's you know this whole wizarding community, so they they kind of. You know the 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 people that are aware of that they normally don't go out in cloaks. You know they normally wear. Uh, we find out we, we hear the word muggle for the first time, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, a non-magician or somebody who is uh, not uh, in the wizarding community. But they're just openly wearing their their magical garb and openly sending owls just you know willy-nilly around town and uh, shooting off. Uh, People are claiming they're seeing shooting stars, but um, I was asking you if that was, because we find out that the wizarding community is celebrating something, and I was asking if that was like actual fireworks, but you were saying that maybe it was like something, like sparks they were like shooting out of their wand, uh, or something like that. Does that sound about right? I think so. That's what I thought at first when I was rereading it. Mm-hmm. Later, they mentioned somebody in particular that it was, it was probably him that was doing it. Yeah. So maybe he does have a thing with a special spell that he does that looks like shooting stars. I got you. But they don't really elaborate or explain that. But the thing that, you know, and Mr. Dursley thinks this is all weird, but the thing that really kind of sets him off is they hear... Uh, he hears some of these people in cloaks talking about um, the last name Potter, mm-hmm. and specifically their child named Harry. And being so disconnected from his sister's 
side of the family for a while. He recognizes the name Potter, and he recognizes the name Harry, he thinks, but he's, think, he's thinking that Harry, Harry, or Potter's such a common name, and Harry's such a common name, it could be anybody. He and I don't even himself out of yeah, it. Yeah, I don't even know if his name is Harry. I think it's Harvey or something like that. Uh, and then the, <laughs> my favorite uh, part of the chapter is when uh, uh, he bumps into uh, some guy wearing a, an old dude wearing a, a violet-colored cloak, and uh, he gives him a big hug. Yep. And so the, now the weirdo has made bodily contact with Mr. Dursley. And he, his head about exploded. <laughs> and and I just imagine him just rooting himself in the ground, trying to stay as still as possible. Almost like, you know, the T-Rex in Jurassic Park, where if you don't move, like, they don't notice you're there. Or maybe they'll, maybe they'll just wander away. Um, <laughs> but I, I I thought that was awesome. And, and obviously the uh, this older gentleman in the cloak, I'm, who I'm assuming is some kind of wizard, uh, is in a great mood because they're celebrating something. And so he's, you know, it's kind of like when you go to a, you know, a baseball game and your team is winning and you're just hugging, you know, random strangers because you're, you're celebrating, you know, mm-hmm. you're caught up in the moment. Uh, so we know that, that they are, they're, they're celebrating something, but Mr. Dursley is, is now, like you said, trying to talk himself out of it, but becoming more more uh, curious as to whether this has something to do with his wife's sister and her and he says her kind her kind her kind yes. which is that's uh, pretty racist mr. Dursley pretty racist of you bro there, there are a lot of undertones in the there whole are book. there are um, whole series uh, we meet um, kind of in the middle of the chapter we meet one of our recurring characters Albus Dumbledore mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know they they you know uh, J.K. Rowling the author gives a really you know you know detailed description of, of his cloaks and his boots and and his beard and, 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 and everything glasses and nose yeah and he uh, he recognizes that cat that we saw earlier that Mr. Dursley thought saw he saw reading a map and then when he looked back at, uh, the cat wasn't reading a map but this cat's been just chilling all day on uh, Privet Drive. And uh, Dumbledore recognizes the cat. And the cat is? Professor McGonagall. Professor McGonagall, another uh, character who's going to show up in all seven books, correct? Yep. And um, the uh, J.K. Rowling describes her as a severe-looking woman. And I'm guessing that means she's been through some stuff? Or she's like, uh, she's, she's lived a long life? She just uh, looks strict. Yeah. Very strict. Yeah. Stern. Stern. Um... Just like uh, her pa- kind of, kind of like an, pulled back real tight, yeah. and she's real stiff and yeah. just stern. Like the old uh, elementary school teachers mm-hmm. who've uh, you know kind of been in the game for a while, so to speak. Yeah, that, that's that's kind of. And the thing that having seen the movies first, and I don't know if this affects you, but you know when you read a when you read a book, if it's you know especially if it's a good book, you get that picture, that kind of that movie playing in your head. For me, after having seen the movies, it's hard not to imagine those actors in my head. Is that the same thing? Yeah, it kind of threw me when it said that her black hair was pulled back. Mm Because McGonagall in the movies does not really have black hair. She's Mm -hmm. more gray anymore. Um, I I think there's enough in there that you would know that it was black. But it's definitely, she's definitely going gray. That part part actually made me pause. And I was like, oh, she has black hair. Mm -hmm. I... I'm sure I 
maybe I pictured it that way when I first read it, or maybe I didn't even catch it the first time. I just, like you said, automatically pictured the actress. Sure. And uh, going back just for a second, I was looking at my notes here. I briefly mentioned the word muggle. Um, does that come up when the the uh, cape-wearing guy hugs Mr. Dursley? Does he, doesn't he call him a yeah, muggle? Yeah, he calls him a muggle. And does, does Mr. Dursley know what that means? Or it doesn't. He doesn't appear to. Yeah, because I thought was... it said that he... I thought it said later in the chapter that he was going to tell his wife that he had learned a new word. I thought it... I, I don't think it, he says that, but he said... And he believes the guy just called him a name or something. So he... I don't think he says that, the new, new learned a new word, because he didn't really learn what it meant. It's like when the guy at the gas station on the corner calls me G. Yeah. He's like, is... what's up, G? And I'm like, nothing. <laughs> it kind of makes me like... Kind of takes me back for a second, but it's kind of cool. I like being I like being called a G. You like being G. Yeah, it makes it makes me feel manly. Like guy. Yeah. Yeah. Guys and guy. Yeah. Is this press for time? Or I'm I'm thinking gangster. Oh, gangster. Yeah, because I'm a, a so I'm so tough. So I'm so because I'm so tough and cool. Oh, okay. Did he know you just came from Michaels? I assume so. <laughs> I would. I mean, I would assume that everybody just. Well, I get weird looks when I go into Michaels. It's like you don't belong here. You know, your it, kind. Yeah, your kind doesn't belong here. Uh, I love Michaels though. Mike, Michaels is not as racist as Mr. Dursley, but they are. The, some of their workers are a little bit judgmental of uh, of the way I look. But uh, you know, we we get this uh, this really cool conversation between Dumbledore and McGonagall, who have obviously known each other for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously have have been through you know a lot of. Uh, things together and you know what comes out of the conversation the big idea is that the wizarding community is celebrating because you know who is finally gone and we keep hearing you know who you know who you know who and we even heard some of i think we even heard some the guy who hugged him yeah you know who who, right and apparently dumbledore is the only one with with the guts actually say uh voldemort's name and you know voldemort we find out in this chapter is you know, kind of the uh, the big bad who has been uh, luring, terrorizing yeah. them for eleven years. Yeah, terrorizing, murdering. I mean, you know, kind of like uh, you know the you know the Adolf Hitler of the <laughs> of the, the wizarding, wizarding world. Yeah, he's uh, just just a horrible, horrible you know sorcerer um, and super powerful because he has um, and I think McGonagall even mentioned that. Uh, when she talks about that um, Dumbledore is the only person that uh, Voldemort is scared of. That's why he has the guts to actually say his name because you're, you're powerful enough that you can strike fear in him. And Dumbledore says that you know Voldemort can do things that I could never do, but that's because he is willing to go into like the dark magic and, and delve into you know the, the, the evil side of, uh, it's kind of you know reminded me of Star Wars when they talk about the Force mm-hmm. and you know how they're they're you know the the Sith are trying to get the you know try to corrupt the young Jedi and say look out look what much more you can do if you use the dark side you're only using the light side well, if you use the dark side you can do all this other stuff and it's like look at all these other cool tricks you can do um, and it seems like that since Voldemort is, has, was willing to to do that to go to that you know that dark side so to speak. Of uh, of magic that he that's why he was so so powerful and ha- that's why he could uh, wreak so much havoc over the last decade plus 
And, um, you know, we also learned from this conversation that Harry's parents, James and Lily Potter, um, McGonagall kind of had heard rumors, but it gets confirmed when uh, Dumbledore just kind of bows his head in, in sadness that uh, James and Lily Potter have uh, are dead at the hands of Voldemort. Mm-hmm. And that um, Voldemort's power was actually broken because he was unable to kill Harry. And we don't really find out many more details than that, right? Yeah, and they're just speculating at this point. Dumbledore even says we may never know, but it's kind of all speculation at that point. But you know the you know the funny line that that uh, McGonagall said that has actually kind of come to fruition here is that uh, McGonagall said something to about uh, Harry's going to be a legend. Books are going to be written about Harry. Yep. Every child in our world will know his name, and even kids who are who don't aren't old enough to read Harry Potter. Like, I've got kids who are, like, in kindergarten, first grade that I teach that they want to check out Harry Potter books, but it's, you know, it's like a 7th or 8th grade reading level. Mm -hmm. But they know who Harry Potter is. Yes. You know, so, you know, J.K. Rowling couldn't have possibly known it would be this insanely successful when she wrote it. Yeah, in the first book, yeah. She's, like, (laughs) throwing the gauntlet down in the first book. Watch this, guys. The first chapter of the first book. Like, hold my beer. Watch my... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is what I'm gonna do, um, but you know, Harry is is the one that's you know being celebrated. That people are talking about this boy who lived through a, through a, a Voldemort attack, and apparently has broken Voldemort's power somehow, and we don't know how. Mm-hmm. Um, we do know that um, you know Harry has a scar on his forehead. Mm-hmm. Uh, McGonagall asks, you know, is you know if that's going to be there forever? Is there something you could do to like kind of like cover it up? And um, you know, uh, Dumbledore, Dumbledore actually, you know, says that he wouldn't want to cover it up, right? Yeah. Because he says it, it could be useful. Yeah, I mean, or maybe even like a a reminder of you know past trials or past mistakes. You know, we have scars on our body; and it reminds us. Of things that we did, sometimes stupid things that we did, you know, maybe that we would, you know, never do again. Or, you know, surgical scars that we have for, you know, things that, that we've been through. Um, I thought that was kind of interesting to, to hear him talk about the scar in that, pers- from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it turns out Dumbledore is there to make sure Harry is taken care of by the Dursleys, who are his only living relatives, correct? Yes. Uh, uh, so, and they want him to, you know, I think McGonagall is put off by that at first because she's been hanging out there all day mm-hmm. as the cat and she's seen what the, kind of people they what are. kind of people they are and what kind of people the kid is and, and things like that. And she, are you really sure that you want to put him with this, this awful family there and the fact that they're, they're so plain too. But Dumbledore actually says that's that's a good thing for him in this situation, right? Yeah, you expound, he wants him to he wants him to grow up away from the fame. Mm-hmm. You know, think of all the celebrity children out there that are just little terrors mm-hmm. and awful. Not that Dudley isn't his own version of mm-hmm. a terror, but I think Dumbledore just thinks it will be celebrity kids usually him. flame out by the time they <laughs> they hit puberty too. So, so 
it would be better for him to grow up away from all of that. Mm -hmm. And it's not just the fame, but it's always going to be the, well, you know, how did he do it? Mm -hmm. People are going to be kind of poking and prodding yeah. at him, trying to figure it out yeah. or asking him. And he doesn't know. He's not even going to remember it. Mm -hmm. Like like Dumbledore said, he, for something he doesn't even remember. Yeah, it's uh, he thinks that this will be the best environment for him you know to kind of, until he's ready he said it's not it's not like they they're going to keep you know make him unaware of magic his whole life but when he's ready you know when he's mm -hmm. older you know when he's presumably old, old enough to you know understand. go to yeah understand what's going on and uh, you know, later on, we would find out. Or maybe out. introduce him to it kind of slowly. Sure. Well, this is what this and this and this. You know, not the whole, not the way it happened where he mm. just got thrown into it and was completely overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we do find out later in the books in the series that there's also some sort of enchantment that Dumbledore works with that, too. He, Harry is protected as long as he's living under the roof of his relative. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, somehow he guilts Petunia into agreeing to this arrangement and so he's also protected by living with his own blood Sure. so that's part of it from Dumbledore's perspective we don't really find that out right now but I think that it does play a part where he'll be protected there if since they don't really know what happened to Voldemort if he does come back and try it again mm -hmm. at least he's with his family's kind of hidden you know nobody in the wizard world knows where he is yeah and, and that would probably be the least, you know, uh, I ideal place that you would think that he would be with yeah. this plain Jane family. Ordinary family, yeah. Unless, you know, unless Voldemort had the actual family tree and, you know, Trace, could figure it out. Yeah, and then he, he got on, uh, you know, Google Maps and, you know, put Privet Drive, for Privet Drive in there. Yeah, but, maybe he'd mistake Dudley for Harry and... Yeah, I mean, I mean would, that, would that be the worst thing if 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 Voldemort off Dudley? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure the Dursleys would be upset, but I mean, you know, really, yeah. you know, are, are we? Gonna, it might be better for the society as yeah, a whole, though. Yeah, in the long run, yeah. I think <laughs> like a mercy killing. <laughs> uh, so you know, I, I hate to uh, to uh, advocate killing ad children. Ad yeah, advocate, but you know. <laughs> Uh, Dur uh, Durs uh, Dudley's kind of a isn't he Dudley Dursley? Yeah. Oh God, that's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this kid's got to go. And, and Petunia was making fun of Harry's name. Yeah. Oh, Harry Potter. Oh my God. You named your kid Dudley Dursley. What a God. You just want this kid to get bullied. Maybe that's why they want him to be like a jerk, so he will be the bully when he gets older. Perhaps. And he gets a lot of practice. He'll get a lot of practice with having uh, Harry around, mm -hmm. I assume. Uh, I haven't read the books, but I'm assuming this, from the first chapter, they already say that when Harry gets dropped off with the Dursleys, he's already he, poked and prodded by, by Dudley uh, quite a bit. Now, is Dudley, like, older? Yeah. How much older? Um, I'm not sure. Than Harry. They, in this chapter, they just say about the same age. Okay. Which kind of perplexes me because because harry shows up in like a bassinet or something right like a yeah like a, that's like a like a that's kind of in yogi, my notes yogi bear picnic consistencies basket. i know the harry potter fans are gonna hate it but i like I, that's so like hate all of my notes just rhino j-e-s-s-r-i-n-o hate tweets at just rhino 
I totally understand how, you know, this one little first time book spiraled out into this huge series. And so she does a great job of keeping things in line. And, but occasionally there are a few inconsistencies. Can I dive into that or you got more over there? Do I have more whiskey? I have a little bit more whiskey. <laughs> On your notes. No, go, dive. <laughs> dive, please. So the, the age. Yeah, we always picture... Hagrid bringing this little tiny Hagrid! We didn't talk about Hagrid yet. This little tiny bundle wrapped in these blankets. Little teeny tiny. But barely Harry, a minute old. <laughs> Harry's over a year old at this point. Okay. He was born on uh, July 31st, 1980. Ooh, about a month after me. And this is as far as other data in the books. This is November 1st, 1981. Mm-hmm. So he's a year and a couple of months old. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's probably not in a bassinet, a little tiny bundle. Oh, tiny picnic basket. <laughs> little tiny bundle anymore. Surrounded by paper. But, um, yeah, when they said that uh, Dudley was kicking his mom, I was like, wait a minute, no, they're little. That's what oh, I'm no, thinking. Wait, he's I, not that little. I'm, I was imagining like a little, like, two or three-year-old, like, you know, with like a, a hat on with a little propeller on it. Yeah. And like an enormous lollipop in his hand and suspenders. I think you're pulling other movies in. I'm but thinking. Yeah. I'm thinking of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Like one of the like the German kid from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That's kind of what I imagine uh, Dudley Dursley <laughs> to look like. He's just you know just this uh, little jerk of a kid who um, <laughs> just terrorizes his po- his poor mother. I don't even just want to say his poor mother because his it tri- it's a trickle down. It. It's yeah. a trickle down. You know, his mother deserves a little bit of of harassment for for allowing for it. her giraffe neck, I think, her giraffe neckery. Um, the other thing is, we start off the chapter first thing in the morning, right? Mm-hmm. And we follow yeah. him. He goes to work. Goes, he comes Mr. home. Dursley goes to work. Yeah. And it's not till the evening. The Sees Dumbledore the <laughs> in the cloaks, <laughs> hugs hugs an old dude. It's not till late at night. That Dumbledore and yeah, because the street lights are on. And I didn't even say after midnight. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. Um, and there, I've read this online too. People were asking her about the, about the time frame. So the people have been celebrating all day long, and we know James and Lily were killed on Halloween, on October thirty first. So the book starts on November first. Why he doesn't associate the people wandering around in cloaks with leftover Halloween people, I don't know. He just sees them as weirdos. It just seems like a logical <laughs> God, explanation what, hap- what happens when Halloween comes around? <laughs> it was just last night. <laughs> like, I mean, he doesn't even, like... I think he just leaves the lights off and just shutters <laughs> the windows and yeah, pretends of, the world doesn't exist. I, I think they either do that or they're the, the house that gives out pennies. No, I, I think they just can't even handle it. They just close just up shop and pretend, go to bed early. I gotcha. I don't know. So one of the fandom question is, where was Harry this whole time? Dumbledore's out going to feasts and parties all day, yeah. celebrating. Hagrid shows up after midnight with Harry and says that he got him from the house. But we don't know where Harry is that whole day. Was he traveling? Because Dumbledore's was... like rolling on some on. Was it Sirius's motorcycle? Hagrid is on Hagrid. Sirius's motorcycle. Yeah. yeah, that's what. That's why I said Dumbledore. Sorry. Yeah, because well, he has you know, limited 
magical abilities. Since Hagrid, he got kicked right. out of Hogwarts, he can't do... Spoiler alert! <laughs> We've been spoiling the whole time. So he can't do all of the magic that everybody else can do. Yeah. So I guess that's why he had to use the enchanted motorcycle. But it just seems like, oh my goodness, it took over 24 hours? Yeah. Halloween night to after midnight on the 1st. I mean, you probably had to like stop and get gas and, and stuff like that. And snacks. Snacks. I would think. Snacks. <laughs> Some Twizzlers. Uh, you know, things like that. I mean, road trip. Yeah. Right? You can't air, just, air trip? You can't just, yeah. You can't just roll. Sky trip? Yeah. You can't just roll. You gotta, gotta be prepared. You gotta have some tunes. You know, maybe. Um, I don't know. I think you could hear over the motorcycle. It's really loud. You probably had, like, Bluetooth or something like that. I don't think Well, he does have limited magic abilities. In fact, this Blue, is... Bluetooth is pretty magical. I'm sure that wizarding community had Bluetooth. Like, I'm sure they're the ones that invented it. And it just took a while to get to the mobile world. So they probably had it back in the early 80s. No, Hilton. no, 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 no. They're like mesmerized by toasters. The wizards are? Yes. They're like... Mesmerized by technology. But they yes. can like like ride uh, freaking dragons and stuff, but... They don't really ride them. You're not like, this isn't Game of Thrones. Uh, I'm getting my, my fandoms mixed yes. up. Yes. They... When does Khaleesi more... come in? <laughs> she is not in this. Um... They, they study them. They're more like wild creatures, like tigers in the zoo, but they don't... They're, they're mesmerized by a thing that burns bread. Yes. Right on. Arthur Weasley, in particular, is obsessed with muggle technology. And when I say technology, I mean the toaster and the radio. <laughs> um, we're not talking <laughs> about <laughs> computers. <laughs> and the telephone. Oh, my goodness. When they have a telephone, it just blows their so mind. So they have owls that can... Traverse great, like, distances. great distances and send, you know, go exactly where you want them to go and deliver messages for you. But a telephone is it's like kind of just a magic speaking box. I'm talking about being a little racist here. They, they kind of just like, no, that's muggle stuff and we don't want to touch it. Hmm. And, and they kind of make fun of Arthur Weasley for his, he kind of hides it. He's shamed yeah. by his. By being intrigued by muggle technology, it's, yeah. it's a shameful thing. Yeah. And they all think he's a little weird. I gotcha. Let's talk about Hagrid, because Hagrid shows up. Um, yep, we love Hagrid. I, I, of course, can't get the, the movie Hagrid out of my out of my head when I think about this, but twice the size of a normal man, five times as wide, <laughs> uh, bushy black hair and beard. Uh, <laughs> the description of his, of his feet is... <laughs> I caught that too. I was like, "Really?" His That's boot, a- his feet and boots look like two baby dolphins. <laughs> I mean, I guess they were shiny, leathery, but dolphins are generally gray. I guess his boots could have been gray. I just uh, picture I didn't think black this is boots. Just J.K. Rowling show off, showing off. I think she's just saying, "Like, I can write whatever I want, and you suckers are not gonna- at this point. This no. is her first book. She already stated." <laughs> Earlier in the chapter, every child that, will know that, his name. This, that my character that I create is going to be a legend, and there's going to be books, multiple books written about him, and <laughs> every child in the world is going to know his name. And she was right, and she's somewhere swimming in her Scrooge McDuck <laughs> money her, ball with her boots that make her feet look like baby dolphins. Yeah, that's what I was thinking when you said Probably earlier. Made out of baby dolphins. You said uh, you said that somebody asked J.K. Rowling something. And I'm just imagining her just like flipping through money, just kind of, uh-huh, yeah, 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 I hear you, uh-huh, 
just you know just flipping through a fat stack of cash and mm-hmm. you know uh, swimming in her Scrooge McDuck bank bank wall bank wall. So that's just what I that's what, just what I envision J.K. Rowling the billionaire um, doing these days because this was the uh, uh, the start of something you know pretty amazing magical would you say i think you could definitely call it magical i just i i just kind of came up with that on my own so i was pretty pretty impressed but um you know hagrid is obviously um he knew the potters um is is still kind of overwhelmed by everything um he was the one who had to actually go in and get harry again Um, i thought that was a little strange he said before the muggles started swarming i guess there was a lot of uh uh, ballyhoo going on in the house, and you know, so. Well, he said the house was half destroyed, so you could yeah, really. Yeah, you think the neighbors? You think the neighbors, the neighbors probably, would notice that? You and, think they'd probably and you know, stick their necks over uh, the. Are you the okay fence. What, over there? What's happening oh, wonder, over there? Wonder what's going on over there. You know, just nosy neighbors, not yeah. not being helpful or anything. Just oh, wonder what the neighbors are up to. Why is uh, half their roof gone? I don't oh, know. I wonder what they're on there probably had a meth lab or something in there. I knew something was going on with those weird potters. Potter, right? Am I right? Yeah. 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 I knew there was something weird about him. But Hagrid's actually the one who has to, has to actually go and get Harry and bring deliver him to um, the Dursleys. And you could tell, I mean, he has this moment where he, you know, um, hands Harry over to Dumbledore and he was he was pretty contained at that point, but then he just lets out this this wail. Um, uh, she describe it as like a, like a like a growl or what did she what did she describe it as? Um, we'll have a we'll have an intern look it up. We got interns running around here. This is a, this is a big uh, big big time podcast with lots of sponsors and a palatial. Uh, uh, recording Howl, studio. Like Howling. Like a wounded dog. Howling like a wounded dog. Thank you to the intern that looked that up. Kelly. Uh, uh, Kelly, the unpaid intern. Uh, she's a Slytherin, though. Yeah. So she probably <laughs> won't last very long. <laughs> she probably won't. She's, she'll, she'll probably end up like stealing something or, or something like that. Like, so the Slytherins aren't evil. They're just ambitious. Yeah. yeah. Little and evil. And so she's not getting paid. That's probably why she'll, yeah. she'll walk out. Yeah. She'll walk out with, with something expensive. <laughs> Here. Um, and then we'll, we'll then we'll get a Hufflepuff in here who will just gladly do whatever needs to be done, and will be fiercely loyal. Or we could just get a Ravenclaw and they'd know it all, and we wouldn't have to look it up. Mm, yeah, and then they'd let you know that they know it all too. They, I don't know what you're talking they, they, about. They'd constantly inform you that they do know it all. So maybe a Gryffindor is the way to go. No, maybe that's kind of like the happy medium. No. No, they yeah. they get bored and go off and play Quidditch or yeah. battle a dragon or something. Gryffindor ends up kind of having the all-star team of the of the books later on. You know, we haven't met you know a lot of the characters yet, but like when, just when I was watching the movies and everybody's getting sorted, there'll be like one Slytherin and then like the next eight characters are Gryffindor, and I'm just like Sorting Hat, man, you got to like spread it out a little bit, you know? Like everybody gets a cookie, you know? You don't just like you know, put all your cookies on one plate, and then broccoli on the other. Yeah, everybody else, you get a carrot stick, and you guys get eight cookies. I don't know. It's just maybe that's just like an example of what you were talking about with the movies. Like, we don't have time to show everybody getting sorted. Yeah. Let's just show the main characters, and yeah, a lot of them are going to be Gryffindors, and 
you know, you don't you don't get a lot of love for the the Hufflepuffs and the the Ravenclaws in the in the book. Er- Yet, uh, you know, random characters like Luna and um, Cedric. Cedric. Yeah, they they kind of, and especially in the movies, they don't really exist. Yeah. I mean, they're there in yeah. their background, but you don't until. They're always just clapping for Gryffindor. Yeah, when they get they're always points. cheering for Gryffindor anyway. <laughs> um, until ten points for Gryffindor, and the Hufflepuffs clap because they're happy for their friends. Yeah, until a couple <laughs> of main characters pop up from. And the Ravenclaws are over there reading a book, so they can't be bothered. <laughs> and the Slytherins are pissed off. <laughs> and that's the Harry Potter movies. In a, in it's a just, but the Slytherin gets a good chunk of time. Because they're always battling in the Quidditch. Because they're the house cups evil. And they're freaking evil. But the other ones don't really show up much. And they look evil too. God, they're all just like mad all the time, and just like they always have like they all have like the like the eyebrows that like the constant like permanently upset face. <laughs> they're just like angry. Like, why are you angry? You know, snakes are snakes are cool. You know, tough. I don't like snakes personally, but no, no, you you ran. From yeah, the one yeah, we had a little girl. little little garden snake in the driveway the other day. About it's like no thicker than a pencil. And yeah, God, it was that it, it was that big. <laughs> Jesus, he, I didn't know that. If I'd known that, I would have. Uh, if it was any smaller, it would have been a worm, honey. God, that's scary. <laughs> I'm mean, lucky I'm still here to do this show. Um, if you also hate snakes, you can send me your uh, snake tweets at. <laughs> Dan Rhino. Just send him pictures of Don't send me pictures of snakes, please. I will block you. I'll block you on Twitter. Um, but, you know, Hagrid's obviously upset with, you know, everything that's go- gone on, but um, we're leaving Harry with the Dursleys with a note and a picnic basket. No, no, and, no picnic uh, basket. <laughs> wrapped in blankets. Swaddled? Still, Is he swaddled? They didn't even ring the doorbell. You're just gonna wait till they wake up well, in the he's morning. He's sleeping, yeah. Gonna get a little chilly. It's November. I'm sure they put some kind of like magic blanket on them or something like that. God, can you imagine like when the Weasleys like found out about like electric blankets? Like he was probably like, oh my god, this, this is wizardry! <laughs> <laughs> this blanket gets warm by itself! The muggles have figured out how to do magic. We're all in danger. Uh, so the stage is set pretty much for seven magical adventures, uh, books of uh, magical shenanigans that are, that are that are going to happen, and we're only in, in chapter one now. So um, I talked about like the movies versus the book, and how it's hard not to imagine those actors um, when I'm reading the book in the head. Anything else that kind of stood out for you in the first chapter about the movie versus the book? I think in the in the movie we got the the scene of Dumbledore signaling all the lights to go out. Um, what was it? The, the little ma- magic lighter he had? The illuminator. In the book, they call it like a putter-outer. Putter-outer. Or something that's like that. That's what they that. call it the first one. Later, we find it's the delivery. Like, that's when J.K. Rowling, like, like, like hit her stride a little bit. <laughs> She's like, you know what? I can do better than put-outer or putter-outer or outputter or whatever the heck it was called. <laughs> She's like, it's Illuminator! You know, that's when the cash started coming in. And, uh, you know, she figured she better step it up a little bit. Uh, anything else that kind of stood out for you, movie versus book, in the first chapter? Um, you know, not really. We obviously get a lot more. We learn more about the Dudleys and Dursleys. And we just, we don't really see them in the beginning mm-hmm. of 
the movie. Mm-hmm. We just start right when Dumbledore shows up. And then McGonagall pops up. Then, you know, they, they talk, but it's still kind of cryptic, secret. You don't really... I think you get a lot more information, a lot more setup, obviously, in the book mm-hmm. than in the movie. And I think... You know, I don't think they have that conversation about... Voldemort and mm-hmm. saying the name because I think you, they want to save that for later sure. for more of a dramatic effect. Sure. I can just drop it all in the first 30 seconds of the movie. That's pretty much what it is. What a minute and a half mm-hmm. in the movie, maybe, yeah. is the first chapter, the first 17 yeah, pages. It's crazy. It's crazy. So they yeah. chopped it all the way down to that. I'll tell you what, though, I mean, like I said, I had only seen the movies like start to finish once. We sat down and watched them all over like the course of like a couple weeks, a couple years ago. Um, and it really, you know, reading the first chapter, kind of, you know, I started picturing, you know, oh, I remember that, I remember that from the movie. It kind of makes me want to watch the movies again, which is kind of cool. Maybe we'll uh, watch them after each book. Hell yeah, let's do it. Um, so I guess that's going to be it for the first episode. Uh, chapter one of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, The Boy Who Lived. Um, before we go, I, since you're the, uh, the big reader in the book, what are you reading right now? Send, put out some recommendations to, uh, to the listeners. Right now, I am reading Tower of Dawn by Sarah J. Maas. Mm. It's one, I think we're on like the sixth book in the Throne of Glass series. It's Is that your favorite series? That yes. I like both of She's got a couple. Series. She's got like a Crown of Midnight. No, that's Throne of Glass. That's Throne of Glass. And the other one? A Court of Thorns and Roses ah, that's is it. her other series. It's a little more adult. It's a little, little than, risque. Yes. But... A little more Throne adult of, than young. Throne of Glass has turned that corner. And I know a lot of people <laughs> argue that it shouldn't matter what... Not, but as an educator yeah. that we are, yeah. you you can't really start a kid... It's a great series. Sure. And I would like started my younger cousins on yeah. it thinking, oh, they can read this book. And you then just you hope get that by like, the time they get to the like sixth book that they're, oh that they're of age. Yeah, please. <laughs> that they're 18 will years me. old. And now you can't recommend it to children at yeah. all as an educator yeah. or as a Or maybe know, just tell them, just tell them those books like oh they only came out with 3 of them. Three and then she stopped writing. She's not you know? out yet. Yeah. You got to wait like 10 years. It's like a George R R Martin thing. Exactly. You know, it takes 20 years for a freaking book to come out cuz he's swimming in Scrooge McDuck money yes. right now. Um I was actually just uh, text my friend in California the other day about all of the books I'm reading. So yeah, I'm reading shout that out, one. Shout out, shout out. Shout out to Jennifer. Hi Jennifer. Hi. Gonna make you listen to this. Oh, um, we got one. We got a listener. It, woo! Um, and so I'm also listening to Lady Midnight by Cassandra Clare. Mm-hmm. It's her. It's not new, but it's her newest Shadowhunter series. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to that in the car on audiobook. I've just started the Harry Potter reread, so uh, I'm actually juggling three books right now. I gotcha. Uh, so you've talked about the audiobooks. I just want to kind of go into that real quick. Have you listened to the all the Harry Potter ones on audiobook? No. No. I haven't listened to any of them yet. Okay, because Jim Dale is the guy that does the, the readings of that, and apparently he's um, you know very well liked in the, the Harry Potter community because of his you know uh, the way he the way he pre- yeah the way he presents these books. So I didn't know if you had. Uh, if you would listen to those, if you could speak to those at all, but that no, would be a, that yet. would be a fun experience for you yes. to, to do that. That was my plan. Was I was when I was looking for audiobooks, I was just going to get the Harry Potter series, and I sure. figured that would take me. You've kind of become like of big on audiobooks lately because I have. of. Um, well, you used to have a long drive to work, 
but now not so much. But you just kind of, you're kind of hashtag blessed because you have a six disc CD changer in your, in your hashtag Jeep. So uh, you're, uh, you're, you're very... Uh, I can just throw all the six discs in <laughs> You're very well-to-do, very well off. <laughs> you make, you're swimming in Scrooge McDuck money. <laughs> no, I was not. struggling to find time to read. Um, we have a new puppy that we got last May. Shout out to uh, Robin Rhino. You can follow her on uh, Facebook. Yeah. She's sleeping right now. She's sleeping. Um, and with the new puppy and the training and watching her and playing with her and taking her for walks, I just haven't had a lot of time in the evenings sure. to sit down and read. So to compensate for that, I've started listening to audiobooks in the car. i got to get my fix somehow, right? Yeah. Audiobooks are awesome, man. I mean, just like... Uh, you know, I I read. Uh, I know you don't like zombies, but the World War no, Z, the World War Z audiobook. You like Max Brooks, though. I love Max Brooks. Yeah, he's awesome. Mel Brooks's son, who wrote World War Z, that it ended up becoming a a, a movie. Uh, they did an audiobook, and basically, you know, his dad is Mel Brooks. You know, the guy uh, Spaceballs and Blazing Saddles and all and all that. He was on some show we were watching the other day. <laughs> yeah, I was like, hey, I know him. <laughs> that that lying show or whatever we were watching the other day, and. Um, you know, he, he basically just got all of his dad's famous friends to do voices on the, on the audio book as a favor, you know, to his dad. dad. Dad called in all his favors to do, like, the audio book. So it's mm-hmm. awesome. You got, like, all these, like, famous, like, Academy Award winning actors doing different voices for the audio book. And it's awesome because you can just, like, especially with the fact that you can put, you know, so much stuff on your phone now and Bluetooth headphones and, and things like that. You could, you know, walk around the house, do laundry, cut the grass, you know, do dishes you know, work out anything, you know, while you're listening to, to audiobooks. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. So I'm a big I'm a big proponent of that too because, you know, it's it, it also kind of brings the kid out in us when we like ha- th- having things read to us. Yes. <laughs> we've, we, we've even had times where we're driving in the car and I will read your book to you. Yes, I was, <laughs> we were on that float trip yeah. and I had been reading all day and I had, I don't know, 10 pages left and I'm like, I... Finish this for me. Finish I will, it. I will drive us home. Cause, <laughs> but I need you to read this to you me. Know, and I was—I had no idea who these characters were, but I was trying nope. to trying to do voices and things like that. And I, I thought I was I was pretty entertaining. I was rather dissatisfied with that—not your performance, but the story. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of your performance, I was rather dissatisfied with that. That was the story of. We now, were now that to... we, we have the freedom to put it out on the airwaves for everybody to know, I would like you to know that I did not like it. The whole story was to figure out why this character was banned from Peru, and somebody probably knows who I'm talking about, but I will not say for spoiler purposes. Yeah. And they don't. That hasn't stopped you before on this podcast. Sh- they don't tell you. You read the whole story and you never find out. Well, well, so I sucks. was a little dissatisfied. That's why I stick to comic books, mm-hmm. people. Um, if you like comic books, you can tweet me. I am at D A N R Y N O. She is at J-E-S-S-R-Y-N-O. I am Dan Rhino. Jessica Rhino. And uh, this has been the first episode of Broomsticks and Butterbeer. I got it right. That's what it's called. Broomsticks and Butterbeer. Um, is it maybe... Butterbeer and Broomsticks? No, it's Broomsticks and Butterbeer. All right. Just checking. I'm pretty sure because I made the logo. Because <laughs> I have Microsoft Paint on my computer because I'm hashtag blessed. Uh-huh. And you are hashtag blessed for having joined us. So, uh... We will be back uh, next time with Chapter 2 of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Until then, this has been uh, Broomsticks and Butterbeer. Thanks for listening. <laughs>